0: Warning, the following podcast contains mature content such as naughty language and sexual themes. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, Emmy. Emmy, clap.
1: No, we don't have to do that this week.
0: One, two, three.
1: (laughs) Okay, Emmy, let me explain to you. We're not on Zoom. We don't have to align our audios.
0: I don't understand. <laughs> you have to edit the audio, don't you?
1: I mean, I will have to, like, denoise the audio, cut off some bits here and there, uh-huh. but we don't have to line up our audio tracks.
0: What does that have to do with <laughs> the clapping?
1: That's what we use to to line up our audio tracks, as we clap before... I we just did it for fun. No. <laughs> That's what, no, that's just what we told Steffi. Ah.
0: <laughs>
1: you, you gotta stop mixing up the things we say as jokes and what's reality.
0: Yeah, that's why I ended up, you know, sticking a sword through my heart. <laughs> Apparently it was just supposed to be metaphorically plunging swords into our hearts.
1: It was also part of a dance troupe that I was in when I was like 13. So I don't understand why you thought I meant we were literally plunging swords into our hearts.
0: Look, I don't, I don't kink shame.
1: (laughs) Thirteen. I was thirteen. Are you saying
0: thirteen-year-olds can't have kinks? I assure you, they do. Thirteen-year-olds are weird.
1: I know. Don't get me started on the things your sister says to me sometimes.
0: Oh, God. (laughs) I don't want to (laughs) know.
1: Okay, long story short, Emmy is recording in-house with me today because she, um dismantled her entire pc setup to play skyrim in her bedroom
0: steam link wasn't working very well (laughs) so at 1 a.m i was ready to test out my mods and i just you know moved the entire pc to my tv it is not a great situation (laughs) for recording
1: (laughs) but it should be repaired by the time we record again Um, which hopefully will be soon because we are three weeks late (laughs) on putting an episode out.
0: Yeah, sorry folks. I've been busy. I've been building an app for work and I've been spending most of my free time on that.
1: And you were sick.
0: And I was sick. You had
1: to have a third COVID test. Yeah, I thought I had COVID again. I would have lost my mind if you had COVID again. Like I, like I love you and don't want you to be sick, but also that's hilarious.
0: Steffi was like, "If you have COVID, I am su- legitimately concerned about your immune yeah. situation <laughs> because that means you had COVID twice, got the vaccine, and then, and then got, got COVID it again." again.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! But you don't have COVID. I don't have COVID. You are you are healthy and happy, obviously, since you are in my bedroom.
0: Oh no! I just told you I didn't have COVID.
1: For the sake of recording our podcast, I'm trying to be a super spreader. Oh. <laughs> okay, so I don't I don't know how to tell you this, but super spreaders aren't like people who spread it. It's like events where there's like a lot of people involved. And are you
0: a, saying that I'm not an event? <laughs>
1: sunday 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 it's Emmy. <laughs> <sighs> man
0: we do this so much better in person i don't <laughs> know what it is
1: it's probably because there's no like delay or anything we're just sitting here basically talking shit to each other you know
0: it takes out all the awkwardness
1: it does really
0: Remember that first weekend when I moved into my new apartment and we tried to record, and there was a good like six (laughs) second lag every time we did anything? One
1: of us. So I was describing a medical procedure my husband had just had, and I started describing it, knowing full well that she was going to laugh hysterically about it, but it did take her a good 10 to 15 seconds to start laughing, and so I started thinking, maybe this is just awkward. Maybe she doesn't think this is funny. But, uh, yeah. Um, oh no, your voice was just time-traveling. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the internet situation that, that first weekend was not great, so we had to like postpone and record I don't know, I think we were recorded on Monday or something, but yeah. It was
0: I miss having Mondays off. It's such a better record day.
1: It is really. Uh you have because no, like there's nobody else home, you know. That's that's why I'm glad I'm I am glad i do not work on Mondays, but you know. Now you have a normal Monday through Friday. I feel like, Hey, can I start working Tuesday through Friday? Yeah. <laughs> or 10 hours yeah that's what i used to do back in the good old days were they good no i was very tired all the time
0: pretty sure you also called me crying (laughs) multiple times
1: (laughs) Yeah, um, it turns out working in a, an unconditioned uh, unair conditioned warehouse in the middle of a Texas summer during a global pandemic when your workplace is taking absolutely no precautions to prevent people from getting COVID, you have a new manager who just likes being mean to everyone all the time, um, the cases in your building are skyrocketing because you are working in a building with over 900 employees Um, none of which are getting COVID tested before they start working there and you're having an average intake of 30 new employees every week, your mental health starts to decay.
0: Not decline. (laughs) Just decay.
1: decay. Yeah, absolutely. I was rotting from the inside out. I called my dad one day during lunch because he's a a pretty calming person. And he was like, Sarah, quit your job or I'm having you committed. (laughs) 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 <laughs> and I said, father, can't argue with that.
0: <laughs> well. The fun part is you lose less money quitting your job than you would paying for being <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think I've said before that what I was committed when I was in high school was roughly $6,000 a day for me to be in the mental hospital, and that was a children's mental hospital. I can't even imagine what it would be like as an adult.
0: That means if you make $2,000 a paycheck, a month of working doesn't even cover a single day.
1: Uh Uh-huh. And I don't make $2,000 a paycheck. (laughs)
0: All right, you said this this intro was going to be interactive.
1: Oh, the 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 entire interaction was just that I was going to be speaking to you actively and you could respond since you didn't have to worry about any kind of lag or anything. But then you oh. clapped.
0: Oh, I ruined it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's okay. Um, welcome to Literary Masters. Seven and a half minutes into the recording. My name is Sarah. I'm Mimi. Um, this week we are beginning our journey through Maximum Ride, School's Out Forever. Um.
0: Is it (laughs) alright?
1: So, uh, judging, okay, so this book came out one year after the Angel Experiment came out, meaning that James Patterson had one year of reviews and feedback in order to improve upon-
0: I want to know who wrote the reviews at the front of the book, (laughs) that are all like, man, this is so fucking good. (laughs) James Patterson dishes up what readers want to read. Does he? <laughs> gripping. Just just gripping.
1: I just want to know, do you think so far that this book is better than the previous one? I will
0: say it is better written. Okay. So far.
1: Yeah. I I I also think so. We've had more chapters that are over two pages.
0: Yeah, yeah there's like some three and four page chapters <laughs> in here. The dialogue is less insane.
1: There's some parts where I still am like... There's a part where Gazzy says, Gaul!
0: Yeah. Virginia
1: is beautiful! <laughs> no, no, that's
0: Max saying it to Gazzy.
1: Oh, you're right, I'm sorry. But still, yeah. why? It's like... Do you remember in... um twilight how bella kept saying holy crow yeah and you're like why do you say this thing i now say that in my everyday life okay so
0: (laughs) i think the way i interpreted that line was her hold on let me find it real quick okay yeah oh because i think she was going for a goal virginia is sure pretty so it was supposed to be like (laughs) a a fake bad southern accent kind of deal
1: so as someone whose family is all like uh, they're not southern like Texas southern. They're not even southern like Georgia southern. They're like deep woods Kentucky Appalachian southern. Like don't go out too late at night. Don't know what's gonna get you. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's gators around these parts. Mm.
1: <laughs> there aren't any gators in Kentucky. Don't spread this false narrative. <laughs>
0: Sorry, I'm from South Carolina, so my redneck family <laughs> that might have been oh, yeah. likely, but like Oh
1: yeah. Um, I think Brandon told me that one time because a lot of his family goes I think they I don't know if they live in South Carolina or if they just went to South Carolina a lot, but he was telling me that one time they woke up one morning and there were like alligators everywhere. And if you don't know, I am like deathly afraid of alligators.
0: Alligator alligators and crocodiles are prehistoric <laughs> monsters. Oh,
1: they are terrifying. And even on land... Now, people are always like, look, you don't have to worry about how fast they are on land because they're not going to chase you because they don't care. I don't care that the average alligator is not going to chase me. They're so fast. They can run up to, like, 20 miles per hour. Not for very long, but I can't run for 20 miles per hour ever at all.
0: Fucking ground <laughs> dragons. Oh,
1: yeah, absolutely. They're terrifying. Um... But yeah, I'm deeply offended by Max's appropriation of a Southern <laughs> accent. That's my culture. Shut the <laughs> fuck up. Um, anyway, long story short, we read chapters 1 through 25. We we don't always say which chapters we're reading in each section. Um, It's 80 pages, every section. Yeah, just
0: go for 80 pages. If a chapter starts on page 79, we'll read it. Yeah. If it starts on page eighty, we do not.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Cause chapter twenty six starts on page eighty. Yeah. Um, but I decided that no.
0: <laughs> no, so I was just like I went to check the notes when I put mine in being like, man, I hope we didn't read chapter twenty <laughs> six. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I also liked it much better as just being a solid chapters 1 through 25.
0: Yeah, it just feels yeah, nice. good.
1: The reason we do it like that is because the chapters are so inconsistent in their page numbers and so often like so fucking short that like when we did it with um Twilight, it could usually be consistent on the amount of pages we were reading. It was usually about 80 to 110 pages were the sections that we were reading. But it was usually pretty consistent. Each chapter was usually about, I'm going to say about, the same number of pages. Um, I remember Midnight Sun had some that were...
0: 40 pages. Yeah, there
1: were some that were 40 pages, and then there would be some that were 10. And that was miserable. But for
0: the most part... Look, as somebody who writes, I don't know how you get past, like, 15 pages in a chapter.
1: I don't either. It just
0: feels like you're really stretching mm-hmm. it at that point.
1: I wrote one recently that was 18 pages long, and even I was, like... Fuck, man. Like, I, uh, <laughs> so long. Um, but yeah, so it was with Stephanie Meyer, it was different because she liked, she didn't, in-
0: she droned. Yeah,
1: she droned. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> we could split those up into pretty even, like, chapter segments. It was usually five chapters per episode. Um, but with Maximum Ride, there's literally no telling. We read between like 22 and 29 chapters every section just depends on how long like there were some sections last time i think there was one um in the first book that had 30 chapters because there were multiples that were literally only half a page and that happens that happens more often than you would think in in these books
0: I'm waiting for the one-line chapter.
1: <laughs> That's just one one. I expect sentence. it to happen. I think it does happen at some point. It's funny because, like, I'm going back and I'm, like, when we're rereading and revisiting these things, I'm, like, remembering all of these things from when I read them the first time. And so, obviously, I have a lot of, like, insider information on what's going on and, like, the things that are being foreshadowed right now that are going to happen later and stuff like that. And it's just, like, oh, man, how did I think that this was, like gripping <laughs> I, oh, I, feel,
0: I feel gripped all right
1: it has me it doesn't have me by like the like it does it's not gripping me like by my soul like i don't feel like driven to read it because it's like so interesting it's like it's got me gripped by like the genitals i was to say it's, it's got you <laughs> by
0: the balls oh, yeah <laughs> it's, like, it's like read me <laughs> <laughs> read it
1: um, so, anyway, without further ado, uh, why don't we get into, uh, chapter one?
0: Uh, starting with the cover, oh. I don't know what, if anyone has their own copy of this <laughs> book that they're looking at, uh, but the version, I believe you have the same one as me, do No, me? Oh, you I won't. have the original version. Okay, well, I have the version that has This
1: a, is, this is version two.
0: This is version two. It's <laughs> a red-orange cover, uh, with Fang <laughs> on the front with a hawk behind him. Yes. And... Fang literally looks like fourteen year old Emmy.
1: <laughs> that is true. Skinny
0: black skinny jeans, graphic tee, leather hair j- that flips out on the end, and bangs that hang in the eyes, and a leather jacket, a slim fit leather jacket. You
1: literally look like you're about to look up from the chair you're painting to say, "Well, my natural hair color There's is actually my- more of a mahogany." My- my- a- my- <laughs> Looking back, it's quite funny that you described it that way because your hair is not a mahogany color.
0: (laughs) Bro, I don't. I'm not responsible for teenage (laughs) me. I was literally a different person. They had a different name. (laughs) They had the wrong hormones running (laughs) through them. Lucy is trying to lay on my phone. Hi, Jen. Uh, here's Lucy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Jen. Lucy is here for you. Oh, there she goes.
0: I don't have my notes anymore. <laughs> Lucy has laid on them. All right, but yeah. So that's the that's the cover. And as you as we already went over, the inside, uh, first page, front and back is just stellar reviews of this book. <laughs> and I don't
1: yeah don't know why it's a mystery to me. Um, I apologize if you hear any crunching. It looks like Lucy is interested in taking a bite of food. Um.
0: <laughs> At least the dedication page for everybody out there who spreads the joy of reading.
1: Yeah, I can
0: respect that.
1: Absolutely. Good job,
0: James Patterson.
1: Is James Patterson someone who spreads the joy of reading, or is he someone who's like, I,
0: this is not this is not a joyful experience? As as Steffi put it earlier. Uh, this is like a book club we have where everybody hates the book we're reading. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I before we actually get into it, I saw this. I saw several tweets the other day for some reason that were f- either from parents or quoting parents who were upset that their children would only read the Warrior Cats books, and they were trying to figure out how to get them to stop reading them and. I bring this up only because I I it got me thinking about like what book my what like childhood book my kid could read that I would be like you need to stop reading this, and I was and I was like maybe Maximum Ride, but even then I don't think I would tell my kid to stop reading.
0: It would have to be like egregious examples of terrible terrible things yeah and even then I'd be more likely to be like hey let's talk about the things in this book
1: yeah I feel like a lot of a lot of parents just like they kind of get it into their head that their kid cannot be like obsessed with something but me being allowed to be obsessed with things in my childhood is why we're here (laughs)
0: also there are plenty of people that are neurodivergent and yeah. pers- and because of that in some regard have you know things that they obsess over yeah. or focus on it's just a thing that happens when you have uh autism or adhd or any number of other yeah yeah it's It's just a thing.
1: (laughs) It's why I love dinosaurs so much, and it's why Emmy's crippling addiction to Transformers follows her into adulthood.
0: They're everywhere. (laughs) My room is covered. I still need more.
1: (laughs) All right, so chapter one. Um, So Max reintroduces us to the flock as they fly to DC in search of their parents, Fang asks if she's okay with the fact that she killed Ari, and Max is upsetting spaghetti about it.
0: I mean, Fang is correct. <laughs> it was a kill or be killed situation. She yeah. did what she had to do. Well, unless you take Ari's word for it that he wouldn't have hurt her like <laughs> that.
1: Even though he literally almost murdered Fang. Now, uh, twice. Uh, f- first in the last book, and now he's about to do it again!
0: Oh, oh, that's a spoiler. Oh
1: no, I'm so sorry. I hope you guys are have actually read the book.
0: <laughs>
1: anyway. Um, but yeah, I ma poor Max. i I like I am so far enjoying Fang's characterization a lot more in this book because I feel like he has one now instead of just being like silent all the time.
0: Now he's the voice of reason.
1: Yes. Um, But yeah, him being like, are you okay? And she's like, in what regard? And he's like, you know, because you killed Ari. (laughs) She's like, thanks, Fang. Thanks for the reminder.
0: Little blunt, buddy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But chapter two, Max hands Total over to Fang while her voice talks down to her about feeling bad for killing Ari, then for feeling a little optimistic about the future.
0: You know how like when you're in a, in a depressive state and you start to come out of it and the voice in your head is like, you're just going to be back here again. That's what that's what this voice is. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> it's so funny. Like the more we are reading this book and the more because like I know what the voice is, obviously. Um, and so like the more it talks to Max, the more I'm like, shut up.
0: Ooh, I bet the voice is Max. It's future
1: Max. <laughs> that's a great theory. I love it. I'm not, I'm not going to confirm or deny <laughs> no, if it's good. if Don't. it's correct. Don't. Um, but yeah, it's. I love the idea that Max from the future is like, shut the fuck up about Ari. Shut the fuck up about Ari.
0: <laughs> it's actually because she still hasn't learned to deal with
1: it. <laughs> um. But yeah, that's chapter. That's chapter two.
0: Chapter three, mm-hmm. strange that she has not yet learned to deal with the fact that she killed Ari, <laughs> because chapter three has us reading from the perspective of a mysterious eraser who's leading a group and gets info on where the flock is headed. The eraser really hates Max and is also in a lot of pain, which is suspicious. Who could that be? Oh, It's Ari! <laughs> Back from the dead! I'm sorry I spoiled it. Also. When he's like, hey, they're going towards DC now, I got this info. The other, like, one of the other racers is like, where'd you get the info from? It's like, the from the top. Ari's like, one, Ari's
1: like the top eraser, isn't he? He's like the oldest one because none of the others can live past the age of five. He's like the son of the guy
0: the guy the guy
1: of jeb and he like has been giving them orders since like the last book so i don't understand why all of a sudden they're like who told you that
0: yeah and then he's like he's are you sure are you sure that's where they're headed like
1: i only just read your shirt i'm sorry everybody emmy is reading it is wearing a shirt that just says bigfoot doesn't believe in you either yes (laughs) no i'm just appreciating it i swear i'm not just staring at your chest
0: you can. <laughs> Please validate me.
1: Okay, I'll stare at your chest if you promise not to stare at mine.
0: That is not a difficult ask. <laughs> I think I usually don't stare at your <laughs> chest. Now that I think about it, I'm like,
1: oh! I'll regard your chest. You disregard mine.
0: I will do my best.
1: <laughs> anyway, continue.
0: Uh, chapter four. We're back to the flock again. <laughs> yeah. And they're still in flight when they notice <laughs> that they're being tailed by... Flying erasers!
1: Crazy! Anyway, that's chapter four. Chapter, chapter five, four. Uh, the flock has a sky fight with the erasers, and Max's voice tells her size isn't everything, which is something I think most men could stand to hear. It's about how you use it. <clears throat> Brandon! Size isn't everything! <laughs> <laughs> So just in case that audio did not carry over from the other room, I said, I said, Brandon. And he said, what? And I said, size doesn't matter. And he said, thank God. (laughs) I'm not going to confirm or deny what this implies. Anyway, uh, chapter six. (laughs) Max realizes that the kids can move a lot faster than the erasers and uses this to her advantage. Angel murders a man by compelling him to fall out of the sky. Iggy murders a man by blowing him up with a little bomb. And then Ari appears because uh, you can't just kill people like you used to.
0: As Fang says.
1: As Fang says. Um, a couple things. First... We're just murdering everyone these days I guess. Angel literally tells a man to fall out of the sky and he goes Aye aye captain and then just falls Iggy blows a guy up and has like leaves a gaping hole in the guy's chest Okay
0: to be fair <clears throat> I feel like this this is there's two sides to this Yeah. One James Patterson was like end of book one alright one of them's killed somebody now I can just let all of them start <laughs> slaughtering people now It's fine. There are going to be no mental or emotional repercussions if all of them start killing people now. That said, while that does seem a little weird for him to make that decision, if there were two people that were going to start murdering people at this point, it would be Angel and Iggy. Iggy already has a proclivity for bombing things and people, and I have no doubt that he has always wanted to just bomb somebody to death. And Angel... Is a fucking demon.
1: That's a good point. I agree with you. I also love Iggy a lot so far in the book. He's been great. Um, I think he's been much funnier because he was described as being funny in the last book, but he only got a few lines. But he's been really funny in this book. The last book.
0: book he was more like... he He never really came off as that funny to me. He always seemed like that nerdy kid... Who's really annoying? Who just yeah. like every time he talks, it's just to be a dick about something. But this Iggy is like fun nerd.
1: Yes, I like him. It reminds me of like because I I remember I had suddenly first started reading the Angel Experiment that I was always really into Fang, but reading this book, I'm remembering that I very quickly switched to Iggy and like as like the series moved on, mostly because of the implications between Fang and Max. It's about the implication. <clears throat> yeah, it's about the implication. You take her out on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> She's not gonna say no. Um. Anyway, sorry, I'm not actually giving you that advice. That's a joke. Um. <laughs> um so second, Ari was dead with no wings a day ago, but now he is alive with wings today and just
0: okay. pop in pain meds just
1: pop in pain meds and so here's the thing i can get over him being alive simple he's alive i don't care um the wings how did they graft wings onto his body and make sure he's and able to use them they in did one day graft
0: them they yes. specifically say that they were grafted onto their body this wasn't like a DNA change.
1: They basically stapled them to him.
0: They just stapled right like <laughs> inside of the erasers were like, go for it guys. And
1: like, I would believe that maybe this is something that the school is capable of doing but in one day, it's been one day and already they're flying with relative skill. Like they're a little bit clunky but they're still like, they know how to do it. You don't. I don't listen. Flying as a bird is not as simple as you just go flap flap.
0: Also, their body doesn't have any of the other exactly qualities well, necessary so even, for flight. Max
1: even describes. <laughs> Spoiler. To a doctor a couple chapters from now, she's like, we have air sacs, we have lungs, but we also have air, we have like sacks of air, and our bones are hollow.
0: And their hearts beat faster because yes, they need more oxygen. Exactly. Like, there's all these other pieces that go into being able to fly and use wings
1: properly. Yeah.
0: That the erasers just don't have.
1: It just literally doesn't make any sense. I think it's because. James Patterson, one of the bits of feedback he probably received was like, well, the bird kids can just fly away.
0: This is the laziest solution to that problem It truly is. And on that note, I also don't like him bringing Ari back to life. Not because I can't believe it. I can believe the coming back to life thing because obviously the school is capable of weird science shit. Mm -hmm. So, like, sure, they were able to bring him back to life. However, it just comes... Okay, I'm hard-pressed to say that there's emotional weight to anything in these books, but it destroys whatever emotional weight was there from the yeah. end of book one. It's just like, so I killed him. Well, now he's... Alive. He's you he, like
1: the, <laughs> you might even assume that he didn't even really die. Yeah. Like, they assumed he was dead because he stopped talking, but, like, he could have easily just had a serious injury and fell unconscious.
0: Like, this, this just... You completely undermined that whole piece of the last book. If they
1: wanted to reveal that he was still alive because they wanted this continued threat, because I do kind of like his internal monologue. Like, I'm not going to lie. I do kind of enjoy it. Um, Don't reveal it right away. Or don't reveal it specifically to Max right away. Because now she doesn't feel any guilt. She literally doesn't care anymore.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. See, that would be some dramatic tension if we're getting all these mm-hmm. bits from Ari, but he never actually shows up in front of Max. So you're getting the bits from Ari and then Max is sitting here still trying to wrestle with the fact that she killed him. Yeah. Then you're going to be sitting there like, when's she going to find out what's going to happen? Yeah. But now no, there's just nothing.
1: Yeah. No. It <laughs> it sucks because it's like, we're um, like six chapters into this book.
0: Which is like... 10 pages?
1: Which is like 10 pages, yeah. And that's the thing is it's like, it's not even like you've had a lot of time to even, they were just talking about the fact that Max killed Ari like five pages ago. And as like a 13 year old, you might, it might take you a couple, a couple more minutes to get through those pages than it would for us. Because, you know, uh, we've talked about this before. For me to get through all 25 chapters and take all of my notes in this book specifically, it takes about 40 minutes. Yeah. Versus with um, Twilight, where, granted, we were going between like 80 and 110 pages. So sometimes it was a little bit longer than what we're doing right now. Um, But it was so much more dense and droning that that took me hours to get through. It wasn't like 40 minutes. I mean, sometimes it could be like an hour and a half, depending on how quote unquote good the chapters were. But still, it's just, like, it's so fast to get through. So now it's, like, if if we hadn't put down the Angel Experiment, like, multiple weeks ago and picked up Schools Out Forever literally this morning, it would be, like, close the Angel Experiment, open Schools Out Forever. Oh, he's alive.
0: Yeah, just... I guess the year-long wait...
1: Yeah, the year-long wait no. does add something to it. But still, it's like... Especially because when you consider that big fans of the franchise... We went over this in our last episode. Big fans of the franchise were also reading the blog. They were keeping up to date with things that were happening outside of the books. Because there there was kind of like this ARG element to Maximum Ride back in the day. Where James Patterson never openly acknowledged that Max was fictional. It was all like... James Patterson existed within the Maximum Ride universe. Granted, as things escalate further on down the line, that becomes way more egregious and unbelievable. But still, at this point in the timeline, um, it felt more real. So like in theory, you were following along with the blog all this time, but then also it's like, so you have this year of time between the first book and the second book, right? And so you're following along with the blog, but then the second book picks up
0: immediately immediately after that's exactly what i was thinking i was like (laughs) if i was reading the blogs in between and then i got to the second book and it literally is like the next day yeah i would just be like okay so then when were the blogs written like it it would decanonize them in my brain for me because they would no longer make sense
1: and it's funny we talked about this as well where so it took a year for this book to come out it takes a year for um, *Saving the World* and other extreme sports to come out. It takes one month for uh, the final warning to come out. The like the or it, a couple months. It might be two, three months, but still, it's like the the time span between these books like really. I don't know. It's like I I wasn't keeping up with them as they were coming out. Um, later on down the line, but like, it it really makes you like. It feels disjointed in a way because it's like you have the blog that's like keeping you up to date on the, the kids activities. But it's also it's canon, but it's also not canon. Yeah,
0: because like, how can it be canon when there's never a time in the actual books where yeah they would be able to do that?
1: I think it's I think what's important to remember is that the books do technically take place in the past. Because Max has written all of this down. To put out into the world. So like do all of the books take place exclusively in 2005? I think so because they age up by one year at one point in one of the books. But other than that it's like there's very little time passage. So they all take place in 2005 but then the blog was going on through like all of like until like 2010 I think was when he stopped doing it. It's kind of like how Twilight all takes place over the course of 2005 and 2006. But then you're reading it in 2008 and you're like, oh my God,
0: I don't understand. Shit's whack.
1: Shit is whack. But anyway, uh, so that's chapter six.
0: Uh, chapter seven, the flock has a nice conversation about how much better they are than the erasers. <laughs> uh, ballet dancers. Ballet dancers apparently
1: yeah that's what fang says while he's punching someone
0: uh max muses over angel being terrifying some more and fang then starts to fall out of the sky because he's losing a ton of blood from that gash in his side that ari gave him which max is like oh my god your arm's bleeding. And he's like, it's not my arm. And it just passes out in the sky. And she's like, what could it be? What could it be? Like, You literally- You watched, saw it
1: happen. You
0: watched his jacket get shredded- Yeah. Right there by Ari. Why would you not assume that it's- What? <laughs> uh... Chapter eight. The flock lands on a beach and, following the voices, trademark, orders- Max tries to stop the bleeding with strips of cloth. A man shows up and sees them, calling 911. 911! <laughs> and calls 911 before they can stop him.
1: Reminds me of this uh, TikTok I saw the other day where this girl was re- recording like an intro video for one of her classes and she was like, Hi, my name is blah, blah, blah. My pronouns are she, whore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she, whore, the cousin of She Ra. <laughs>
1: Or just Shiro when she's feeling frisky.
0: <laughs> Shiro when Catra comes in <laughs> in a nice outfit. Yeah,
1: it's, that's what that reminded me of. Um, chapter 9. So, okay. <laughs> Follow along with me.
0: Okay, I'm following.
1: So, Max tells the younger kids to run away, but they refuse. Mm-hmm. Okay, are we up to date? Um, so, they start speaking in a fake language mm-hmm. that has never been mentioned before. Nope. Um, and it seems to combine Pig Latin, Spanish, and Esperanto.
0: Where the fuck did they learn? Because they did this when they were in the lab before they had any freedom. Where did they learn these things?
1: I don't know. It's just I'm reading it and I'm like... Todos ustedes. That's Spanish. What, where did you learn how to speak Spanish? Did you like take it from, like, well, the, the lab was in Southern California where some of the um, scientists maybe hispanic and so some of them sometimes spoke spanish so they just like took the words that they said and made a random language they have never mentioned this fake language
0: before she used code words in the past that we still have no idea what the fuck they meant yeah but they were english
1: and we have no idea what this means because she doesn't translate no. what their stupid fake language is
0: okay and see what confused me was the first part when yes. she said something I was like, oh, it's okay. So it looks like it's just some kind of coded English. And then like, I saw the Spanish show, I was like, no, that's definitely, what the
1: fuck is happening? <laughs> and then some of the words are literally just Pig Latin. Yeah. Like it's, oh, I was literally like, what is going on? And the fact that they've never mentioned it before, but they've definitely been in situations. They were in the school. Like, refusing to talk to each other. If they had this language, why were they not using it in the first book?
0: James Patterson, (laughs) thinking of things on the fly, giving no consideration to whether or not it works with previous
1: They also, they speak this fake language, get into the ambulance, and then immediately refuse to speak the fake language to each other because they don't want anyone thinking that they're weird. So why have the fake language? Why even bring it up if it's never going to come up again? I don't know if it comes up again. I don't remember. Also,
0: we don't want anyone to think we're weird. While our dying winged man is being taken to a hospital where they're definitely going to figure out that he's a dying winged man.
1: (sighs) Chapter 10. Um, oh sorry, chapter nine is the paramedics arrive and they start to load Fang up into onto a bodyboard, and Max is like, oh god, all of this is happening and he might just die anyway. Um, which, yeah, that's kind of how things work, Max. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sometimes people live and then they die.
1: Even if he Forever. wasn't injured, even if he wasn't injured, like he could get hit by a bus, like at any point, like <laughs> Anyway, um, so chapter 10, they get to a hospital and Max tells a nurse Fang is her brother and also named Nick and that they're all siblings with adoptive missionary parents. Then a doctor comes to get Max and asks her to follow him. There is a line here where she says, the nurse looked at Nudge, who is black. (laughs)
0: Tiptoed around that so hard in the first book, and then in this one, you're like, She's black,
1: but it, it, it comes up later too with Fang. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Fang doesn't die, <laughs> sorry. There is an entire book named after Fang later in the series, so he doesn't die in the second book. Um, but yeah, so like t- for her, for them to be like the entire first book, they barely even bring it up. They kind of hint at it in the very early parts. And then one of the erasers says something racist to Nudge. And then in this one, they're just like, she looked at Nudge, who's black. <laughs>
0: I wonder if it was just like somebody was like, what's going on with the Nudge? And he was like, she's black. And they're like, She's black? <laughs> I was like, did you I remember? Pick up on
1: that? I remember when I revealed that to you in the first book. I was like, yeah, so Nudge is the only black character. And you were like, she's black. Like, how the fuck was I supposed to figure that out? Look, James Patterson, you you there he's taken two roads. He has taken uh, the road of I'm barely going to describe her complexion and the she's black road. There are so many roads in between where you can give like the, like more descriptive commentary on her appearance. Two roads appearance.
0: diverged within a wood and I took both those bitches!
1: Oh yeah. And I know that this was like 2005 2006 nowadays there's a lot of resources by people of color who will give you helpful hints on how to describe people's skin tone in books but like there has to be something
0: step one don't use food
1: (laughs) don't use food never describe them with food uh step two i mean i guess just saying she's black isn't like the worst thing you could say and like the way that she does it in this book the reason that she's describing nudge as being black is because nudge pipes up and is well because she's describing she's like saying that fang is her brother and the nurse is like you two look nothing alike and then nudge is like he's also our brother See,
0: like in the first book if it had been mentioned in passing like you know all of us look like this nudge is black though so she doesn't quite fit in with as well as yeah with us as the like doesn't integrate as well with the group visually which is already difficult because they're already kind of disparate versions of white yeah um like i wouldn't have thought too much about it it's just the way that it's done is so fucking weird
1: now fang is described as having olive skin which can be darker like there are plenty of like Cause like like Greek people typically will have like olive skin, but they have a very wide variety of of like shades. I guess is the best way to say it. Um, olive is just like a um, a palette kind of you know we've got like people with more pink tones people with more yellow tones and then you know olive is just another one of those so i think at some point fang is described as being slightly darker skinned but i do not remember it is in this section okay yeah um but so then like so the reason that she's like oh nudge is black is because the nurse looks over at her like He's your brother and like has like this like incredulous expression on her face. So so Max is like pointing out why that it would seem insane that they were brother and sister. And there is a part of me that is convinced that this entire hospital sequence exists just so that, or this entire nurse sequence exists just so that James Patterson could put that line in there. Yeah, like he was literally just like, we need a reason for Max to really blatantly think about the fact that Nudge is black. I know we're, like, uh, like, (laughs) I know we're talking a lot about this. It's just, like, the completely insensitive way with which James Patterson has described this character in the past and the fact that, like, he never even clarified what her race was in the previous book and if he had just been
0: <clears throat> upfront about it in yeah. the third book it wouldn't be weird it's the roundabout way he tried to do it followed by this
1: yeah it's like he was being overly sensitive in the first book by not wanting to just describe her as having dark skin which is a totally acceptable way of describing someone um but like Especially because there's, this is going to sound so stupid, but there are so many parts where Max is just describing the beautiful scenery as they're flying through the sky. And you would think, because, you know, black women in the sun are just, like, enigmatic, you know? It's, like, the perfect chance for her to describe Nudge's appearance. No? No. No, No. okay. (laughs) Anyway.
0: Uh... We, we forgot to mention. Okay. There's a few times where Iggy is blind.
1: Oh, yeah. There's been a couple of times where Iggy is blind. Um, I did not write it down. And then I saw it, like, being mentioned a couple more times. And I was like, God damn it. I should have written it down so we could have our breaking game. I was just like, game. okay,
0: stop, we, we <clears throat> tried to do it once. And it didn't get mentioned except for, like, one time. Yeah. And so I didn't bother with it. And all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, Iggy's blind every chapter i
1: think it's like so there's this mid-2000s phase of books where people when they would write a first book and then they would write a sequel they would feel the need to like reintegrate readers into the book
0: like no i read the first book just
1: exactly i can go back
0: and read the first book
1: (laughs) yeah it's like there it's like the the author is like trying to assist people who are only reading this book rather than... why the fuck
0: would you just read the second book? That's stupid.
1: Well, yeah. I don't know. There was this advent of a time in, like, um, elementary and middle school where I remember the Scholastic Book Fair. On the back page, they would have um, all of the book series and they would list the order that the books went in so you wouldn't make the mistake of, like, buying schools out forever when you needed to buy The Angel Experiment. And I don't know why that this happened. Nowadays, I feel like it's a lot easier. Um, And I feel like authors don't really do that as much. Like they don't reintroduce you to all of the concepts that were previously discussed as much as they used to. But that was a thing that happened a lot. When we read House of Night, I'm positive that it's going to happen again. I'm going to
0: throw the books out the window.
1: I don't think Divergent will because that was a little later in the game. But House of Night definitely because that one also started in like 2007-ish.
0: What if they just start writing, like, entire five-page synopses of the first book?
1: Like, previously on... Dragon Ma- Ball Z! Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say Maximum Ride, but we... we You, you named the thing I was parodying. That works, too. <laughs>
0: I'm here. I'm here to help.
1: Chapter 11, please.
0: Uh, the doctors bring Max into Fang's room to get information on what they are and how they work. Cause... wings. Yeah. Um as <laughs> <laughs> say it
1: say it out loud
0: <laughs> the doc the, one of the doctors or the nurses is like your human avian hybrids which number one that was a real quick uh way to say that perfectly yeah accurately <laughs> <laughs> she's like actually we prefer avian American."
1: Why? Why James Patterson? Yeah. I don't know why he thought that was a good idea. It's, it's so, so stupid. It's so stupid. But you know what? So is this entire book.
0: So anyways, their blood apparently has nuclei like birds blood, so they can't take transfusions from normal people and because Fang lost so much blood, she has to give him her blood, which I don't know how blood with nuclei work, but does that mean they don't have blood types? Because they don't even check her blood type to be sure that she can give him blood. Like, ju- like just because her blood also has nuclei, does that mean that they can...
1: Yeah, Iggy gives another transfusion later as well. Like, does that mean they all have the same blood type? How does this work? I don't know. Um... Can someone who knows about nuclei blood tell me if they have blood types? Steffi. Steffi, Steffi, do birds have blood types? Do birds have
0: blood types? Lady with biology experience, tell us, please. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll update everyone else on the next episode when we get an answer. And
1: to be clear, we're not going to text you about this. You have to listen to (laughs) to the episode to hear the question.
0: She's going to be here again before this episode releases, probably, and I'm still not going to ask her. I'm going to wait for her to listen to this episode.
1: Thanks, Steffi. Uh, Get on it. Um.
0: Chapter 12. Chapter 12. Max is all woozy from the blood donation and is given a muffin and juice and heads off to meet with the flock. Unfortunately, there are agents waiting with the others. That's
1: it. Chapter 13, Um, the FBI has come to see the flock. They give the kids some food and ask them to sit down for some questioning, which Max hates, of course. Um, They question the food at first and the FBI agents are like, see, look. And then they like eat some of the flock's food. And my only question is, do they get new silverware after that? Because I'm not sure. (laughs) It's COVID outside, (laughs) God damn it. Uh, Not Corvid, which would be relevant to this book.
0: COVID. love me some corvids
1: we love corvids in this house
0: we stand corvids
1: i had to pick up a corvid the other day it flew into the window at my work and it was not dead um but it was very upsetty spaghetti he looked pissed off that the window was there how dare you put this in my flight path um and so i put on gloves and i went out there I had a box um thinking that it was dead but then I, like, put the box down next to it, and he kind of sat up. And, <laughs> and so I was like, oh, goodness. Oh, I thought you were deceased, sir. I apologize. And so I tried to, like, nudge him um, into the box. I
0: prefer burr. <laughs>
1: um, so I tried to nudge him into the box. He did not want to go into the box. So I like, picked him up like a gerbil. Like, both hands cupping him on either side to, like, constrain his wings. And his little feet were, like, pushing on my hands. Like, stop. Stop <laughs> this. Get off of me. So I carried him over and I set him down beside a bush. Um, And he flew away, like, ten minutes later. So I think he probably just had, like, a concussion of some kind. Because he flew into a window and didn't want to get up.
0: But- <laughs> kept him from dying I did. by going to sleep. Good job. <laughs> um
1: hmm. anyway, chapter 14 all of the kids are questioned by FBI agents. All of them give fake names and stories and refuse to answer any questions. Then Max lectures the man questioning her.
0: Why are they giving them fake names? Is the only like like there's no
1: record of their names?
0: Yeah, so I didn't even no think reason. of this until
1: right this moment.
0: You did no, This is what I've been thinking. Like every <laughs> time they give fake names, I'm like, who's gonna track you with your name? Nothing
1: has your name. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe the school has their the name. But the FBI is tracking the school. Yeah. The FBI is trying to hunt down the school. Like, they literally ask all of them, like, do you know Jeb Batchelder? And they're like, who? And it's like, you hate him. Why are you protecting I don't him?
0: Understand. Nudge in this section says her name is Crystal and then goes on a rant about names and what names she would like to have. To distract the agent.
1: Ma'am, you gave yourself that name. I, know, that's what I was thinking. Also, we need to drink every time Nudge is a stereotype because she gives the name Crystal with a K. I don't need to say anything else, but like take a drink because
0: Take a drink.
1: <laughs> um anyway, that's chapter fourteen. Oh my
0: god, the agent at Asked, like, are you were you born blind? And he's like, no. Well, how'd you turn blind? <laughs> I stared into the sun.
1: <laughs> I love him so much. He's so
0: good. Ah. Uh, no, oh yeah. And when Max lectures the guy, he's like, "You gotta help us if you want to help. If we want to help you, spare, spare." And she's like. It's not fair. That's a stupid reason for me to give you any information. Tell me you're going to rip my spine out through my mouth and maybe I'll (laughs) talk.
1: And the guy is like,
0: oh, you. So chapter 15, Ann Walker, certified cool mom special agent, even though she's a single woman and is not a mother as far as we know, um, but she acts exactly like cool mom special agent. Yeah. Steps in to take over. She wins over Max by a little bit, by being straightforward and making fun of the other agents for being stiffs and acting chummy with her, basically. Then uh, she explains that they've been tracking the secret lab group and convinces Max that the flock should come and stay under her protection at her house where she can learn about them. Chapter 16. The doctor tells Max that Fang has pulled through and tries to learn about what they are. Uh, but Anne steps in and gets rid of him by being like, you can go take your <clears throat> questions to my men. And Max yeah. is like, you guys don't know shit about us. Like,
1: <laughs> like, Max, she's trying to make Just him leave you up. alone.
0: <laughs> Just shut the fuck up for five seconds, yeah. Max. Where the hell is the voice when you need <laughs> right? it? Right. Um. But... Uh, once the doctor goes away, goes away, she reveals the deal that she made with Max to the others and tries to tell Max that Fang can recuperate at the hospital while the rest of the flock goes to her house, which Max obviously refuses.
1: Yeah. Chapter 17. Uh, the flock decides to sleep mostly on the floor in Fang's room, and Max has a conversation with the voice. She gets up, feeling sick, and looks at herself in the mirror, seeing an eraser in her reflection
0: she can project a hologrammed version of herself? Is that her new power?
1: I don't know. She's literally like, am I an eraser? Like she's having that thought. Like, can I now turn into an eraser? And it's like- But
0: she touches her face and it doesn't, it's like the appearance, it's like, it's an illusion.
1: Yeah. She's, it, I think she's just hallucinating.
0: I, Cause the guy, well, the voice comes and it's like talking to her about new powers and shit. I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? And then we don't address it again. Yeah. Like, what? I don't know.
1: Honestly, <laughs> I think it's like supposed to be underhanded, like metaphor. Like, is she really any better than the, uh, than the erasers? Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, because she isn't tracking innocent people down, trying to murder them. <laughs> like, I mean, it's not, you can, she also, you like, can have yeah. that moral quandary when you have any kind of depth to your, yeah to your, uh, conflict conflict is the word i'm looking for
1: but uh there is no depth they're just monsters chapter 18 max continues to panic while the voice says cryptic nonsense to her what the fuck voice yeah it's literally just like it just goes on and on and i hate it i hate the voice i think you'll agree as we go further it just becomes shut up shut up voice we don't want to hear from you today
0: go away yeah chapter 19 The next morning, Fang's wounds have already closed, which startles the doctors for obvious reasons, and tries to convince the flock to let Fang stay at the hospital again, uh, and tries to appeal to Fang by telling him what's going on, but Max has already explained everything to him, so he's just like, no, I just do what Max tells me to do. (laughs) Um,
1: Which already shows that he makes a good boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Good accomplice.
0: Um... But yeah, so that Anne's dismayed, uh, especially when Fang then proceeds to eat an entire tray of food, despite the fact that he should be on IV nutrition, whatever.
1: But like they already saw that he's like super healed already. So, like, like, there's. (sighs) Anyway.
0: Chapter 20. Obviously, they won because the flock is with Anna in her car, including Fang. Uh, heading to her house in Virginia. They all think it's very pretty there and are amazed by the scenic 50-acre plot and picture-perfect house. Uh it has a pond they can swim into. Which...
1: Do they know how to swim? I don't know. No, they swam on the beach in the That's last true, episode. That's they did. Let's throw Angel in
0: there. <laughs> uh tells them they'll have enough room to run around there because I guess they're her pets now.
1: Look, it's not uncommon for people to say that, oh, the kids will have plenty of room to run around because kids like to run around. They're her pets (laughs) now. Chapter 21. um, Ari's in a tree watching the flock and feeling all kinds of hatred for Max. He bites himself as a substitute for biting Max who he hates.
0: This is so fucking weird. Why are they just sitting in a tree watching? He's like, we're not allowed to attack yet. They're allowed to have a break. And I'm like, for why?
1: I don't know. I do like that he's like, oh, it's not fair that they get to just (laughs) like chill out and have, you know, their me time and stuff like that while we're always on the clock and stuff like that. But it's like...
0: You're ruining it by constantly hunting them down and trying to tell them like... You're... They don't have a nice life because of you. What, yeah. What do? What? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to think because he's obvious. He's seven, but he's also not. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't.
1: It's. It is also funny. I. I so I. I want to tie this into something that happened in the last book. Um. But Jeb has been reiterating repeatedly that like Max is like super special and is going to like save the world and stuff. And I like to think that Ari has probably is like probably privy to that stuff. So it's probably part of the reason is like, he sees her as being, like, an, like uh, emblematic of, like, what he's not. Like, his dad doesn't see him as being super special. He doesn't see him as being the person who's going to save the world. For some reason, it's up to Max to save the
0: world. And instead of holding that against the person actually responsible, he holds it against Max. Because that's how people...
1: I mean... It is.
0: No, no, I was, I was, saying that I was, that was not me criticizing. That was, Mm -hmm. no, that's just accurate. It reminds me of,
1: uh, like one of the most famous am I the asshole threads of all time was this girl being like, am I the asshole for resenting my younger sister? And she like tells this like really long winded story about how her parents have basically saddled her with caring for her younger sister her entire life and have kept like really minute control over her life so that she is always stuck caring for her younger sister who has multiple disabilities. And everybody in the comments was like, I mean, technically you're not the asshole, but like you shouldn't be resenting your sister. Your parents are abusing you. I can under
0: like, it depends on what you mean by resent too. Cause like it is entirely normal and reasonable to feel negative feelings towards yeah, a person absolutely. in that situation but it's whether or not you take it out on them Yeah, because absolutely. it's not her sister's fault she should hate her parents for what they're doing to yeah. her and she can have feelings of resentment towards her sister so long as she doesn't treat her sister poorly because of it
1: and she basically just said that she doesn't treat her sister poorly but she got to the point where she was more like just ignoring her you know just like not wanting to be around her as much which like i understand i wouldn't want to either if that was my entire life i don't have a sister but you know would you take care of your sister all the time if your parents were abusing you (laughs) forcing you to give up your entire life to take care of my
0: mother's not stupid enough to make me responsible for my siblings (laughs)
1: that's a good point you're also a lot a lot older than them i think this was like she was 18 and her sister was like actually her sister might have been older than her but like because of her her uh circumstances
0: i should never be responsible for children
1: chapter 22 (laughs) (laughs) um the kids go out to explore the area and get to meet a big horse Um, Nudge is, like, nervous about the horse at first, and Max is like, this girl could break a man's ribs. Sorry, this girl could break Simone Biles' face. (laughs) Yet, here she is, afraid of a horse, and it's like, yeah, horses are so much more dangerous than a man. Or Simone, actually, I don't know. Simone Biles is really fast. (laughs)
0: Look, horses can fuck you up
1: yes absolutely. which means they
0: can also fuck up something that can fuck you up oh yeah
1: absolutely a horse i fully believe that a horse could take out a bird kid I, i'm placing bets right now oh yeah like it's, it's their bite strength alone like you know all those myths about like pit bull bite strength and stuff like that no just like take that and like actually literally apply it to a horse horses will bite you and they won't stop until their teeth touch
0: also those kicks.
1: Oh yeah, a horse, if, if you're behind, I have, I, being behind a horse is the scariest place that I have ever been.
0: My, one of my high school girlfriends was a horse girl <laughs> and I took care of the horses with her and I would never stand behind the horses. Nope. <laughs> you know
1: what's so funny is you had a horse girl, girlfriend in high school. Brandon also had a horse girl girlfriend in high school. And for a moment there, I had to decipher which one was which. Because I was like, wait, was it... The... No, no, that one... Right. You dated that one and he dated that one. I've never dated a horse girl. I wanted out there in the open, never once in my life, have I dated a horse girl.
0: Well, That's was your mistake.
1: I... <laughs> Are they freaky?
0: Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> I resent the horse girl stereotype. Okay. Because enjoying horses does not Yes. shape an enti- a person's entire personality. Uh, but but in my experience, yes. <laughs>
1: I just met, listen, so my, the college I went to my first year, their main focus was equestrian studies. Like, that was the number one major at my school, was equestrian studies. There were campus-owned barns, um, where many of the people that I went to school with could often be found. I knew many people who worked in those barns. And, um, look, sometimes stereotypes are true. <laughs> And when you go to a school full of people like that, you just start to understand.
0: Did you go in every morning and you're just like, It's the dawning of the age of Equestrius.
1: No, but that was the height of my, like, My Little Pony phase.
0: Oh, God. Which is so
1: funny because, like, okay, so, like, I say My Little Pony phase. I really like My Little Pony. I think it's a very fun and cute show, and it has some really catchy songs. Um, But, like... I never really cared about like horses I loved I've always loved My Little Pony as a genre in and of itself because I grew up with My Little Pony from a young age so it's not just friendship is magic but like I liked My Little Pony and I didn't know a single horse girl who actually liked My Little Pony. It was a very strange juxtaposition between girls who liked real life horses and girls who just like did not care at all about a My Little Pony cartoon. Granted, we were in college, but like, still.
0: Are you telling me you'd be interested in reading the new Transformers My Little Pony crossover comic series?
1: Oh, absolutely. I would (laughs) love to read that. I actually recently purchased one of the My Little Pony magic cards and I'm gonna make it into a commander deck. Oh my God. It's amazing. Anyway.
0: <clears throat> Chapter 23. Yes. The flock plays around with the animals while Max stresses over how to place, how the place seems too idyllic. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, it does. It's, the situation's kind of weird. Like, the woman had a house with seven rooms. Exactly. And she's yeah. alone and...
1: It would have made more sense if, I mean, and granted farmhouses, like we're not just talking like the older like houses that happen to be on farms. When we're talking a house that was built to be on a farm, they are big, they're long, and they have a lot of rooms in them because back in the day you would house all of your farm hands there. You would house all of the people who took care of the animals, the the house and everything. However, for there to be seven bedrooms exactly is very silly. Yeah,
0: it's exactly seven bedrooms. Also, this is a single woman who lives alone and is an FBI agent. And she has all of these farm animals.
1: I would believe her owning the farm because she could have inherited it. But all of the animals? Who's taking I, care of the animals? I saying,
0: animals, just a couple animals is a lot of upkeep. But she has pigs and sheep and horses, and multiples of eat like... I
1: would even believe her living alone there on the farm and having some horses.
0: Yeah, no, that would be... Belie- but, like, at this point, with how many there are, I'm like, the- what? This is weird. None of this makes sense. And
1: they haven't mentioned people coming in to take care of the animals.
0: Yeah. Iggy pets a pig, though. Uh, he does. Scratches it behind its ear. Gazzy's uh, like, Iggy, come here, and then puts his hand on the pig's ear because Iggy is blind. In case um, you didn't
1: know Iggy is blind. Also,
0: they went outside to check things out uh, so that they could give Iggy uh landmark so he could yeah. find his own way around because he's blind. Yeah, and um, one of the
1: landmarks is this pig.
0: This pig is a landmark. <laughs> yeah. He gets very excited when Iggy scratches his ear. Um, and then Total tries to pick a fight with Anne's dog. And the flock heads in for dinner
1: yeah um i mean good for them they they have lucked into a situation that is so good it is literally impossible um just like the credit card in the last book
0: it's nonsense it's
1: absolute nonsense but we're i think we should just accept
0: it i'm just okay see i was convinced up until your reaction that this was some kind of setup situation but now i'm now based on how you're responding i'm guessing that it's actually just stupid
1: from what i remember for the most part it's just stupid okay it's been a long mm-hmm. time since i read this book and i don't know if you know this but like all, most of these books are split into two halves so like with the angel experiment we had the half where they were saving angel and then the half where they went to new york and then this one i'm pretty sure that this is only half the book
0: oh okay Anyways, chapter 24. <laughs> uh, the flock starts reviewing the notes from the Institute with Fang reading them out to Iggy because he's blind. Yeah. Um. So this is because Max is like, all right, everybody take some notes. We're all going to work on this. And Iggy's like, okay, but how am I going to work on it? And Fang's like, I'll just read them out to you. And I'm like, you have the same number of people working at yeah. this point because like if you're reading them out to him, then you're going to be thinking about reading them out loud and he's going to be thinking about the things you're reading out loud.
1: It's honestly stupid (laughs) anyway. They should, it should just be Max and Fang looking at it. Yeah. Like the others, okay, Angel and Gazzy absolutely are going to figure out nothing. They also say that somehow, some way they've lost the pages that have any readable information on them. And Max literally says, how? I don't know. Like, there's no explanation. Literally magic. Literally okay. just nothing. Anyway, so it it should just be, like, Fang and Max, like, at late at night after everybody else goes to sleep, they should just, like, work on this. Because, like, Angel and Gazzy are absolutely not going to help. Nudge might help, but also, it's like 50-50. She equally might help and equally might not. Iggy is nothing. Maybe if like he's there while Max and Fang are working on something and they're just kind of like, hey, so this thing, this thing, this thing, maybe something could like, like a light bulb could go off in Iggy's head.
0: You know, the fact that the Institute didn't have a braille printer to print this stuff out is really exclusionary of them.
1: Yeah, honestly, like how fucking ableist can you be? <laughs>
0: anyway (laughs) uh yeah so all the papers are in some strange code and despite their experience with cracking codes and all of their best effort being poured in the flock is frustrated by their failure and yeah they're sad
1: yeah it's it's funny it's actually humorous that they are. And it's it like this even like comes up it's like, "Oh, they all meet in Max's room to look at the notes, but the notes have not been spoken about at all this entire book so far." So it's almost like if I was reading this as a new reader, I would have no idea what the fuck is going on. So he reintroduces us to every single other topic that we have so far except for this one
0: it's on a need to know basis (laughs) and you don't need to know
1: chapter 25 uh the flock has a jolly good time with ann walker and max struggles to make it clear that she's in charge of the flock um she's very weird about it she gets very territorial i feel like if i was 14 and a new mommy wanted to come in and take care of the flock i would just kind of be like you know what until you give me reason to think that you are a problem, I'm just gonna let you do it. Because I'm 14.
0: But Max isn't 14. She is. Or is she?
1: <laughs> she is.
0: None of their ages make sense.
1: It doesn't. <laughs> um, so, one night Fang appears in her room and reveals the numbers they've been trying to decode are map coordinates.
0: Based off a very specific the- book of maps and coordinates that he from found. the FBI agent's car. So that would mean that the Institute was using the exact same book of coordinates and maps as the FBI? And that Ann Walker just so happened to have that book in her car where... What what are these these parallels coincidences lining up? What is happening?
1: So, like, I want to believe that that's a real thing. Like, it's going to come up again. But, like, don't be mad if it doesn't. Much like the Ouija board in the last book. (sighs) (laughs) It may never reveal itself.
0: I have nightmares about this book.
1: Is it um, that things never get explained and we're just It's just, just left... a
0: constant stream of things being introduced and never expanded upon.
1: I'm sorry, Emmy. I brought, I feel like I brought you into this. And now uh, that's it, I
0: quit. I'm doing House of Night.
1: Well, we're not even doing House of Night next. We're doing Divergent next. Shh.
0: <laughs> Going back to vampires. <laughs>
1: Well, eventually we'll have to read uh, the Mortal Instruments series where we can read about incest.
0: Wow, I want to (laughs) die. If I want to read about incest, I'll go read Game of Thrones.
1: Follow us on Twitter at LitmastersPod. M is at M of many names. I am Sarah S. Wilton. Shoot us an email over at LiteraryMastersPod at gmail.com. Hit us with a coffee at ko-fi.com slash litmasterspod.
0: Um, if you want us to make episodes more than every few weeks, now that we're both busy, uh, give us a lot of money on coffee, <laughs> and then I can stop working. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um Alternatively, share us with your friends. Tell people about us. If you think we're great, don't keep it to yourself. Tell everybody else that you know. we are. We are great. We're fantastic. I would know. My husband wrote a whole speech about how lovely I am and then read it in front of all of our closest relatives. I'm great.
0: Steffi tells me I'm lovely all the time and that I'm allowed to be cocky.
1: Wow. Okay, Steffi, maybe tone that down a little bit. Emmy's <laughs> ego could explode through her face at any moment. Um,
0: <laughs> oh no, she was, when, when she was here before, she was like, Emmy, you always talk about yourself so poorly. I just, I don't like it. I'm oh just no. like, I'm so I don't angry. know how to talk about myself first. I
1: don't know. Self-deprecation is the only way I know to reference myself. Uh, We'll be back, I don't want to say next week, but we'll be back next time with the next 80 pages of Maximum Ride, School's Out Forever. And in the meantime, please come hit us up on social media. We want to hear from you. It really makes our day anytime a new follower or a new interaction happens.
0: And maybe you end up dating not one of us because, well, we're already in relationships, but like... A mysterious third host that we don't have?
1: Yet. I have single friends. They've yeah. never been on the podcast, but if you listen long enough and tweet at us, then maybe one day you could move to America and become our girlfriend. Yeah. Their girlfriend. Or boyfriend. Or they friend.
0: You gotta, you gotta strive. You gotta strive to reach the greatest heights. <laughs> like, maximum ride with her wings going pew pew. Pew pew.
1: <laughs> Goodbye.